And welcome back for another episode of You Won't with Frank and Mike. I am Frank. I am Mike. What's going on, Mike? How are we doing today? We are doing well, man. Just sipping the coffee, having a uh, a pretty crazy morning. The cat won't stop throwing up, which is not enjoyable, but um, you know, you, you you carry on. I had a great day yesterday of relaxation, but we'll jump into that. How are you doing today, man? Pretty good. It's funny. My my dog Nash also threw up this morning, so we're going through the same thing. What time, Mike? I have a question. What time do you wake up in the morning? Uh, usually, I'm up by seven fifteen. It's like okay. seven fifteen. The internal clock is going off. I lay in bed till around seven thirty, and then uh, kind of get out of bed. Today, I'm enjoying this week off. I didn't get out of bed till nine ten. It was fantastic. Wow. So it's it, it's actually we're recording here on on New Year's Eve. Um, so tonight is is obviously New Year's and and that <laughs> it's a weird New Year's. Obviously, no one's doing anything. We're we're probably gonna be asleep before midnight. Obvious, just because of because of everything. We're not doing anything. So, what about you guys? Uh, same thing. Today we're gonna carry over the tradition from last year. It is order a shit ton of sushi. Uh, probably not do a Harry Potter marathon, but we're gonna find a, a good series of movies to to crush. Eat some sushi. Try and make it to midnight and most likely be asleep by uh, 12.15. So um, <laughs> life's gotten crazy, Frank, you know? We're just, we're just party animals these days. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you the last time I actually I had any sort of party or uh, gone out. or I miss the bars. That's what I miss the most. Even though at 31, it's uh, rare that I get to do that. Uh, but that's what I miss the most about this COVID stuff. Um, but that reminds me. So... <clears throat> Watch a movie, you guys watch Harry Potter, that's your thing on New Year's Eve? Is that your go-to? It's not always Harry Potter. That's what last year's was. We literally crushed, I think, um, seven Harry Potter movies on New Year's Day. So we kind of took the day, and we're going to need a movie this year because without the outdoor games in the NHL, um, that's usually – I look forward to that on New Year's Day. So I've got to wait a couple weeks before I get my hockey fix in. So we're going uh, to go through a movie series. I don't know. I'm pushing for bad boys. Because that's my favorite. Start with a little Bad Boys, Bad Boys 2, Bad Boys for Life, and boom, have a day. Um, but I don't know. I, I got to pick the wife's brain and see what she's in the mood for. Maybe we go Lord of the Rings. I don't know Ooh. if I have that in me. That's a lot. Um, it's a commitment. That's a commitment, right? It there. is. It is. And those are tough. So uh, we'll figure it out. But I'm a, I'm a big movie buff. So I, I love just spending the day, get me on the couch, comfortable blanket, and let's crank those movies out. Well, it's funny you say that because, so for everyone, uh, this is the, the third day of our podcast, I, I think, right? Four days ago, I think we came up with this idea, and now this is the third day um, of recording um, with a few trial runs in there. And, you know, Mike, I, I, have, a, I have some beef with you, I think, already. What? What do you got? Uh-oh, what did I do? So yesterday, we, we sit down. Um, and, and start recording at around what 10 30 mm-hmm. right and then i had to run because i have two kids and they're they they were napping and they woke up so me and mike were like oh okay let's let's plan for the afternoon nap to record mm-hmm. comes the Uh-oh. afternoon <laughs> comes the afternoon and mike cancels so i go okay that's that's fine that's fine and he goes, let's do, let's do like eight o'clock tonight. All jacked up, Mike is. He's texting me, eight o'clock tonight. Let's do it. I said, okay, I'm, I'm down. Girls go to bed at like seven, seven thirty. I'm available at eight. Eight o'clock comes around. 
Mike's nowhere to be seen. And he goes, ah, I don't know. I kind of, I smoked today. I don't, I, I watched three movies. I don't think we could do it today. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. But already you've bailed twice on me. Oh, and, wow, wow. And, and, and on top of that, you watched three movies yesterday. So it's not like you were doing a whole lot. Well, that's where I'm going to jump in, Frank, because I beg to differ. <laughs> I think I was putting the show first. I was doing a day of a little R&D, a little research and development for the squad and the pod. And, uh, you know, I wanted some good content to talk about. And unfortunately, it's a great transition and a great point because we both, you know, had a little bit of a letdown to start the day. You know, you had to go take care of the kids. So we had to push things off. So that led to me then sitting down and watching Downsizing. Uh, I don't know oh if you're familiar God. with the movie with Matt Damon and Kristen Wiig. It was horrible. I wasted two and a half hours of my life. Then we're about to jump into a podcast and record, and I'm in a bad mood, Frank. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. I don't know the last time I watched a movie with Matt Damon that I left thinking that was awful. I got nothing out of that. So I had to watch another movie. I had to cheer myself up. And that rolled into Blockers, which I think is one of the most underrated movies. John Cena, are you familiar with that movie at all? So I, I have not, I'm familiar with that. I have not seen it. I am familiar with downsizing and that movie. So I think I had the same reaction. I was like, it's Matt Damon. It's Kristen Wiig. Like this is a good cast. And I walked out of that movie. Um, what figuratively walking out. I didn't go see it in theaters because thank God I didn't do that. <laughs> it is, it is, it was one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. And you know, you said it with Matt Damon. I, I'm usually not let down with Matt Damon. I don't think Matt Damon's like the best actor in the world, but I think he usually makes some pretty good films. And I watched that movie, I think, I might've watched it on a plane actually, now that I think about it. And it was probably like two or three years ago. It is terrible. It is, it is absolutely terrible. No, there's no enjoyable scenes throughout all two hours. And you're like, all right, there's going to be something. And it's like you said, Matt Damon, I actually think is a great actor. You go, my favorite movie that he's in is probably Rounders. With Ed Norton, um, that is just a classic. I can sit down, I can watch it several times and never get sick of it. And it also gives me the itch to go play poker. So there's a lot in that one um, on why it's a favorite of mine. The Martian, I think, is actually yeah. one of his most underrated movies as well. He's hilarious in it. Actually, I'm saying underrated. Uh, didn't he win yeah, an pretty Oscar? Rated. Or, yeah, pretty rated. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so just underrated because I don't feel enough people talk about it, even though the whole Academy gave him an award for it. But either way. You know, Matt Damon, I'm a Matt Damon fan, but it got me thinking also, are there other actors that I'm just not aware of that they do have these God awful movies out there? And I'm hoping maybe you can, you know, fill me in a little bit that it's one I don't waste another two hours and have to cancel on us to do a pod because I'm in such a cranky mood that I got to smoke again to try to cheer myself back up to get back into a new movie. So yeah. thing I throw out there, Tom Hanks. What would you say his worst movie he's ever done is? Oh, man. Um, that's a tough one because Tom Hanks, yeah, definitely is like one of the greatest actors of our generation, maybe one of the greatest actors ever. Um, I feel like he's made some bad like rom-coms, right, in his later years. I'm, I'm trying to think of, of, of names. Well, um, don't say You've Got Mail because I love that one. No, 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 no. Not You've Got <laughs> Mail. But like is, I've – I forget, and, and now, of course, I'm blanking on a lot of his movies. Um, I would say he, he, I think the one of the, one of his most underrated movies of all time, and it's one of my favorite movies of all time, is Catch Me If You Can. 
you stole my segment. I was going to say the underrated <laughs> is Catch Me If You Can. That movie is incredible. Leo, I think it's one of his best ones, too. Yeah. So. I love the cast in that, the way, you know, just the whole theme of the movie. Um, it's one, it never gets talked about enough. Uh, Christopher Walken plays the dad, and he is yeah. so good. The mouse story I love to tell with the two mice climbing out of the one turns it into butter and crawls right out while the other one drowned. Um, yeah. it's, it's an awesome, underrated movie. That's a great call out. But like so I was I, just, I, I actually have a movie, and and so I have two movies that I that I I didn't really enjoy with him. So the Terminal. Have you seen that movie? I have. All right, great call. That is a good it's like, one. I mean, it's it's an it's a fine movie, right? It's, yeah. it's very, I think, average, right? Terminal movie, movies I didn't like of his, The Da Vinci Code, that series. So I actually have never seen them. I've never seen them, and I don't feel like I'm I, missing so out I've, because that's what I've heard every time. Yeah, it's just for me, it was just like boring and and. I don't know. I just, maybe it's because like, I didn't read the books and stuff. I don't know. It just, I had no interest. I've seen the first one, like when it came out back in like 2006 or 2007, whatever that was. And then I, I think I've seen pieces of the other ones. What are they? I think there's three of them maybe. And, yeah. I, I couldn't uh, tell you. And they're just, they're just not good. But, but besides that, yes, he's, he's certainly made, I mean, even like his, his uh, animated movies, right? Like Polar Express and Toy Story, like classics the best yeah could could so does toy story clarify as one of his best movies ever like that works right the voiceover and the animations because it still is i think it has to uh, tom hanks yeah i think it has to um another another uh, another uh, actor that popped in my mind when you said that with maybe not necessarily bad well i think some people would classify them as bad movies just because they're not you know they're terribly acted movies is matthew mcconaughey and I think he's like a trans, like a, an actor who has transitioned right from, um, from like rom coms. Like that's all I feel like that's all he did in his early days, and now he's like one of the best actors in Hollywood, in my opinion. Yep. So, have you read his book Greenlight? I have not. So he goes into this, and it's awesome. So he didn't realize how much of a pigeonhole he put himself in with Hollywood in only doing these rom coms. He was the shirtless guy on the beach and that's what he was famous for. And he was making a ton of money doing it. And that's how he was able to live a luxurious life in Malibu. So he was living the dream until he realized his work wasn't fulfilling him anymore. He had a ton of money, but he didn't feel he was making any art. So he told his agent, I'm done with rom-coms. No more rom-coms. And he said, a year went by of no work. He started getting offers of 10 million, pass. 12 million, pass. 14 million. All right, let me reread the script. Still didn't pass, though. And he said he was determined to just take on a different type of role. Um, and he said it was the best decision of his life because that's what then led to, you know, Two for the Money, which I think is his most underrated movie with Al Pacino and the whole story around Stu Finer and the gambling um, show that they have. But uh, I think that's a great call out because that's also an actor who recognized he was getting put into a certain bucket in Hollywood, wanted to change it, was determined to, and thank God he did, because uh, I agree. I think he's transcended one of the best actors we have. Lincoln Lawyer, I think, is another extremely yeah. underrated movie that he That's is in. I love that. The end, when you get those twist endings where you're just like, what? And the chills yeah. come up on my massive amount of arm hair. Then you're like, all right, this was a good movie. I was into this. What's next? So I so, think that's a great call out. 
the thing is too like his rom-coms are really enjoyable like you know like i love like how to lose a guy in 10 days like they're just movies you can throw on they're always on like fx or something you know like, right you know but i will say like he is he's been in i think two of the best um the, the best things i've ever seen in terms of movies and shows like true detective versus mm-hmm. true detective is literally i think the if it if it's not the best show i've ever seen it's i think it's in the top three um and oh, we'll have a whole nother episode on that yeah i think that's i got a, a lot to throw shows. out there yeah. our top five of our tv shows but sorry keep going yeah so shows are shows i think is a whole nother a whole nother uh episode for for a later date but um so true detective i think he's unbelievable in but and made one of my favorite movies of all time and it grows on me every time i see it because i think the first time i watched this movie i i wasn't thrilled about the ending and now that i've seen it now probably 10 15 times and it's a tough movie to watch 10 15 times because it's long is interstellar and i love interstellar i think it's a i don't know if it's underrated because I, i think it got its due when it came out and people really liked it um but I absolutely love that movie. That's that's in my top five of movies all time. Like I love it, and and like I said, the first time I watched it, I didn't. I actually walked away disappointed because of the how it ended. And now that I've watched it more and more, it's one of those movies you pick up things like every time you watch it. Like the oh okay, that makes sense now. This ending makes sense now. Or like you know he goes into like the bookcase or whatever, and he's like shaking the books. And like I always thought that was really stupid the first few times, and now I'm like okay, I get it now, right? Um, right so that movie's awesome and i think that's his best movie he's ever made personally that's a good call out so i've only seen it once and it was in theaters and it was when remember when like imax theaters were a big thing where it was like oh man this is a movie you go see in an imax so i actually went and saw that in imax with liz and that was when did that movie come out 2014 i think okay so that's when it was i haven't seen it since so I can't even uh, relate to the go. scenes you're talking about. I don't remember it too much. Um, you just filled out my afternoon, though, Frank. I'm very excited. That's uh, that Matthew McConaughey Interstellar is going in the queue for this afternoon. And Matt and Matt Damon's in it. Dude, what was you're the meme right? where Matt Damon's the most expensive person uh, this co- has cost this country to go recover <laughs> between uh, Saving Private Ryan, The Martian, um, yeah. apparently Interstellar Inter- is in. Yeah, so Interstellar, if you if you don't if you don't remember, he's so the whole concept of the movie is like Earth is crumbling and you know they got to get out of they got to find a new place to live, and he's one of the people that went on the original mission and he's stuck on a planet and they have to decide to go to his planet or some other some other person's planet and they end up going to matt damon's planet i think it's funny too because i think the martian came out at around that same time right 2014. yeah yeah around in that and area remember, maybe a little later I remember, I remember thinking like these movies like it's funny he's like stuck on a planet twice like fuck. <laughs> I, I mean when are we gonna learn our lesson we're gonna stop sending this guy <laughs> on missions he's costing us billions I mean, yeah. he's just not cut out for it. We're learning a lot about Matt Damon. This uh, Maybe he, you know, maybe that's why Downsizing came out. It's like, we got to shrink this guy, get rid of him, <laughs> stick him in a new society so he stops costing us billions of dollars. You know what? Maybe Downsizing starting to make a little bit more sense to me. I'm not yes. going to rewatch it, that's for sure. But maybe but I can see what we're going for. Now. Yeah, I do. So, uh, Matt Damon, I, I want to – I want to uh, – follow up on me saying he's not a great actor okay because i think you love him clearly and i, I don't want i don't want our listeners to think i'm a matt damon hater because i'm not 
I just comparing because like Goodwill Hunting, like obviously he's made some awesome movies, and I love The Martian. Like every time that's on TV, it stays on. Yep. Right, it's one of those movies. It's like it's on FX, and I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Um, but I just he's not on the level of, in my opinion, I don't think he's on the level, especially like now later in his career. I feel like he's made some terrible movies, like Downsizing. He's not on the same level as like McConaughey or like DiCaprio. I think is just above all of them. Um, well, you seen, that's my thing. Not to cut you off, because you're saying later in the script. Have you seen Ford versus Ferrari? Yeah, damn it. You're just debunking everything I'm saying. I love that movie. And another great actor. So, Christian Bale. Don't, I mean, Christian Bale is my, I think he's my favorite actor. So, yep. um, he, uh, he's, talk about not making bad movies. Oh, he my makes, God. I don't think he's made a, a bad movie ever. That's one I think I could put on that list. I've never seen a Christian Bell movie where I was like, what the hell was the point of that? The Big Short is another one that keeps growing on you. Um, American Hustle. Oh, my God. American Hustle so good. Amy Adams. I just watched that one the other day, too. So good. And, and Jennifer and Lawrence most, in that. Yeah, that cast is nuts. Yeah. Um, maybe his most underrated movie, The Prestige. I was going to say The Fighter. The Fighter's great, too. See, oh, like, my God. Yeah, like, I think he's gr he's great in Vice too when he yep. plays Dick Cheney. Like, yeah, he totally changes his entire look. Like, it's wild. I no, love he's that. he's, and obviously, obviously, Batman. <laughs> like, right. I think you, we didn't even need to say it because he's the yeah. greatest Batman ever. Where is she? Like, I, I just, Christian Bale has established a, a new way of talking about Batman, and every time I do it, it's amazing. Where is she? It's too good. You're pretty good at that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Wow. I haven't heard that one before, but I'll take it. I think this was a great conversation because Christian Bad just made his way to number one on the list. Wow. I'm going to, I'm going to be determined to find a Christian Bell movie that I don't love. I don't, I honestly don't think there is. He made um, Newsies, which like he was a kid actor then, or like he was very young. Um, that's a musical. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. I haven't. But it's a, uh, it's a it's a musical. It's about um, uh, kids who sold newspapers in like the early 1900s, and like it's about the paper, like the paper business, the newspaper business back then. I mean, it, it, listen, it's a it's a musical, so take it for what it's worth. Like, yeah, I don't want to probably watch it with Liz if you watch it, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Musical. You don't need to watch it. It's just it's his like one of his first movies, and and it's pretty good. Um, yeah, but. All right. Well, that was a fun conversation about movies. That was. That was good. good. Dude, it's bad. I can go. We can create a three-hour episode just talking. Because you also, you, you didn't discuss with Matt Damon. I mean, I'm ready to move on. But it, you did you did upset me a little bit with some of those comments. Because I feel like you're also forgetting about The Departed. And I think you're also forgetting about The Bournes. He's Jason Bourne. So, okay. So, here here we go. Okay. The Bournes are great. The Bournes are, are great movies. And I, I have no doubt. And I, and let's, we're going to keep going with this, I guess. So The Bourne's are great movies. The Departed, yes, he is great in, but he is not, I don't think he's the reason why the movie is great. An excellent like, point. I can see that. Because like, you got, that's another just loaded cast. Leo, loaded of course, cast. Jack, Mark yeah. Wahlberg. So, like, Matt's really good in that movie. Don't get me wrong. But I think, like, I think, I mean, you could argue who the main character of that movie is, right? I think you could say it's Matt Damon. You could say it's Leonardo DiCaprio. I would say it's Leo. Same. That's. I think most the majority of people would say it's Leo, but yeah. I think you can make the argument the movie's about Matt Damon. Like, yeah, so it could be. Um, but I think Leo. Yeah, I think Leo steals the show in that movie. You know yeah. what I mean? So that's yep. 
uh, don't get me wrong. Matt's great. I just no, I, all right, I, I all right. think there are. I think like Leo is on a whole nother level than all those guys. To be honest with you. Yeah, we I, we don't even. I mean, again, another guy who hasn't really made a bad movie is DiCaprio. But I think DiCaprio by himself is a whole. I mean, that's a that's an hour conversation. I think by himself. it is. It's funny too because I think the one movie he actually won an award for was one of his worst ones, The Reverend. I mean, it was it was good. I get the yeah. meaning. I get you know it was just him. But my God, three hours just out in the woods. I was I kept dozing off in and out. I'm not gonna lie. So it's one, and I was like, of course that's the one he wins it for. Um, but all right, all right. We can move on from movies. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mike, do you know what time it is? Uh, tell me it's hammer time, Frank, because I'm ready to make some money. It's hammer time, Mike. It's hammer, hammer time. time. It's hammer time with Mo Money Mike. We got our first real segment, I guess, that we actually planned out. Uh, <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, it's our, our gambling segment. Um, with Mo Money Mike, he's going to either hammer some picks or throw them away. Um, we got all football on the docket for this uh, segment. Um, it's New Year's Eve, as I mentioned, so we have some um, – it's Thursday, New Year's Eve. So we have some college football this weekend. We got some NFL this weekend. So we'll start with some NFL. Um, I picked, I would say, three of, of the biggest games on the schedule, Mike. So tell me if you will hammer or – Toss away these games, okay? All right. The bill, the Bills are minus one and a half favorites at home against the Dolphins. Um, Who are you hammering? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm going. I'm not hammering either side because I don't love it. You start getting into these Week 17s, the Bills are going to be resting. Um, I think a good amount of players. They're not playing for anything. They already got the number two seed locked up. So what can you truly gain from this outside of trying to knock Miami out of the playoffs? That aspect does have me intrigued by the Bills one and a half because their defense is still legit. But I'm just worried about who's actually going to play this game. So with that being said, I'm actually going to take Miami. Plus one and a half. You give Miami getting points in a must-win game. Um, I mean, two is going to start great. We're going to see fifths by the third quarter. So the Dolphins are going to be able to put up points at that point. Um, but, yeah, give me Dolphins one and a half. Okay. Next game. The Browns are actually – and we talked about this the other day when it was just me and you um, off, off the pod. It, and I got the line wrong, actually. But I got the line right. This is from DraftKings Sportsbook. Shout out to DraftKings if they want to sponsor us. That's great. Um, yeah, we're ready. Sponsorships are flowing, by the way. Mine, <laughs> yes, it's a very highly competitive market, so they might <laughs> want to get in now. Yeah. Um, Browns are minus, are, are 10-point favorites at home against the Steelers. Okay, very different than what we were talking last time. So it's yeah. Browns minus 10 against Pitt. Yep. And I think yep. that's an updated line. because I was shocked by yeah, but Pittsburgh's already announced they're not playing like anybody. So um, Mason Rudolph starting a quarterback. Big Ben isn't. Does that really hurt Pittsburgh, though? Because Big Ben, ugh, guy is moving slow back there. Um, Ten points is a lot for a division game where two guys look to beat up each other. I'm hammering Pittsburgh in that defense, getting ten points. Um, you know, I know the Browns, it's a must-win game, but I don't see the Browns blowing them out. Pittsburgh won't allow that either. Hammer, Pittsburgh plus ten. Love it. All right, next game, and it's uh, my New York football Giants. Giants are one-and-a-half dogs 
this weekend against the Cowboys at home. Mm. Playing for the division because uh, the Washington football team is rolling out Heineke at quarterback. So I think both teams think they have a chance of stealing this, <laughs> stealing this division and making the playoffs. Um, hmm. I mean, you got the Cowboys defense is terrible. Giants defense isn't bad. Giants offense is looking pretty brutal right now. Is Daniel Jones playing quarterback for them? Yes, he's uh, supposed to start. You know what? Cowboys always choke. Give me the G-men. You said they're one-and-a-half-point dogs, right? They're getting one-and-a-half at home? Yep. All right, give me the G-men. Rolling with them, plus one-and-a-half. Hammer time. They're going to win the division. Love it, Michael. So that means you say Washington's also going to lose. Yeah, Washington, I mean. But that's not part of a pick. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> okay. I'll start right, so, rambling going on about Washington, so I'll just move on. Yeah, we don't need to talk about Washington. Um, so you have the NFL games. You're, you're taking the Dolphins on the road, but not loving that game. You're hammering Pittsburgh, 10-point uh, 10 dogs against the Browns, and you're going to take the Giants as one-and-a-half dogs against the Cowboys. All right. I am. Moving on to, moving on to the college football semifinals. Um Obviously, two games that, that I think most people think already who's going to win. I think one of them is going to be a little bit closer than the other. But we got Bama and Notre Dame. Bama is 19.5-point favorites against Notre Dame. Are you hammering Bama? 19.5? Frank, get the hammer because we are hammering Bama minus 19.5. They um, are going to blow out Notre Dame. It's not going to be close. We're going to look at an ugly game there. Notre Dame's had a great year. It's been a fun story. Um, them getting the shit kicked out by Clemson was not a coincidence with Trevor Lawrence. I think Mac Jones is going to be able to pick them apart as well. That defense is going to, um, you know, really put the clamps down on Notre Dame. Hammer Bama in an ugly game. They win by 28-plus. Okay, wow. And the second game, Clemson, seven-and-a-half-point favorites against Ohio State. All right, I'm a little bit more torn on this one, but not really. Get the hammer, because we're hammering Clemson at seven and a half. Because I think this is another game. Ohio State is good. Don't get me wrong. But they played six games. I don't know how truly tested they are. And I think Trevor Lawrence, even though he's the unanimous number one pick, he's looking to go out on top. He's still looking to make a Heisman push, I think. He wants everybody talking about him. Um, Clemson's going to put up the points. They're going to cover the seven and a half. And whatever that over-under is, hammer the over as well. That's going to be a high-scoring game. But Clemson's going to cover that, and they're going to win by 10-plus. All right. So, recap of all the picks for Hammer Time with Mo Money Mike. He's going to make you some money this weekend. He's got hammering Bama as 19-and-a-half-point favorites. He's hammering Clemson as seven and a half point favorites. He also is hammering the over on that game. I don't have that in front of me, but, but hammer the over. He says um, he's got the bills. Uh, he's got the dolphins over the bills um, as their one and a half dogs uh, giants, one and a half dogs against the Cowboys. And he's taking Pittsburgh. He actually hammering Pittsburgh against the Browns. All right. So moving on, um, 
we just talked about college football and, and you doing some picks, Mike. Um, it's funny. I, maybe it's because it's the matchups and we see three of these four teams pretty much every year and Notre Dame. Um, we see them a lot as well. They're, I mean, they're always on TV and, and when I, I'm not that interested in watching these games, to be honest with you. Maybe the only interest I have now is because of your picks, but what, I guess what's your, what's your overall interest in college football? Because if I didn't, um, you know, I work in college football a little bit. If I didn't work in college football, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be interested in the games. Yeah. Um, I think it's a good point. And I think also your geography of where you live plays a big factor because when I was still living up in New York and in the Northeast, um, this time of year, I didn't really give a shit about bowl season, college football too much. You know, you're really just focused on your professional sports teams up there. When I moved down here to Raleigh, um, at all anybody wanted to talk about was college sports. It was college basketball. Who's your team? Duke or UNC? College football. You Clemson. You South Carolina. You Florida. You Georgia. Like, you have to have an affiliation, and it's all anybody wants to talk about down here. So, over the last five years, I've taken a significant amount of more interest in college football, and I actually think, even though we always joke that there's no parity, we see these same teams over and over, this year, I'm actually more intrigued because, I mean, Bama and Clemson are by far the two best teams in the country, which we say all the time. But what's fun about this year is Alabama's got a quarterback. They haven't had, I feel like, a Heisman favorite at the quarterback position since, what, Joe Namath? I don't even know any other quarterbacks that have played yeah. at Bama that have been legit. So I think having Mac Jones versus Trevor Lawrence makes this such an intriguing championship game. And, I mean, I know we're not supposed to probably write off Ohio State or Notre Dame yet, but I think we can. So let's already start thinking about Bama versus Clemson, and it's going to be a great matchup. So while I'm with you, the, the final four is very meh. Um, I think we're looking at two blowouts, so where is the intrigue? But that national championship game I think will be some good TV, and uh, I'm very curious what that line will be because I can't wait to hammer one side or the other. <laughs> yeah, I you're definitely right in terms of like where I live and uh, you know, I lived in, as you know, I lived in Nashville for a little while and um, with Allison going to Vanderbilt, but college football, I don't know. It's definitely the location of where I live. I, you say parody, right. And I think that's like a, maybe it's because the college football playoff is only four teams. And I think like that in general is flawed um, because I think some of these other games that get lost, you know, yet we had Oklahoma and Florida last night, which was a blowout and, and wasn't a game. But I think like you have these other teams that are really good. And as soon as you get, they're all working for one thing, right? Where, and I, that's obvious, right? It's obvious. They're all working to get to the college football semifinals, but in every other sport you have like at least a chance if you're in, if you're the sixth best team or the set, you know, you at least have a chance. And I think, and obviously this is such a hot topic in college football anyways and, and will be until they expand the playoff, which I think eventually they'll do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's tough for me to watch the same teams year over year, you know, dominate. And, and it's not their fault. Like Alabama is just good and whatever. They, they are who they are and they're just going to continue to win until, I don't know, until Saban leaves maybe. I don't know. But I guess that's my – my opinion on it is that I just I'm sick of watching Bama just clean house and Clemson clean house like it's it's no fun anymore and and um, 
I don't know. I just want to see the playoff expanded so that we can get some different matchups and see Wait, so- if Cincinnati – listen, Cincinnati will probably get blown out against Alabama. I understand that, right? But, like, seeing Cincinnati as an eight seed playing Alabama as one – I don't know. For me, there's some interest there, um, whereas I just have to watch, you know, Alabama destroy Notre Dame again. Like, we just know that Notre Dame doesn't have a shot. Right. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. And it's, I go back and forth on it because I agree. I think you expand it to eight. It's a little bit more intriguing. But then you look at a matchup like last night, and I know you probably can't only go off that because Florida didn't play, I think, their top four wideouts. Um, so they rolled in a lot of freshmen, a lot of new guys, just to get them their experience. Um, but I think, you know, the problem is what you just said. You already have Alabama who's going to destroy a number four seed in Notre Dame. So is it worth wasting the time of having Alabama play a number eight seed in Cincinnati to win by 45 only to then drag it out another week and then have Bama destroy Notre Dame or maybe Notre Dame loses to Oklahoma. But either way, it's your biggest problem is like you said, you have two powerhouse teams. And until those two powerhouse teams in Bama and Clemson lose their coaches or start losing some of these five-star recruits, expanding the college playoff, I don't think solves any of those issues. Yeah. Um, you just got to, you know, wait for some of those down years. And I think that's what you'll have, um, you know, maybe Florida, maybe A&M who was close this year, but some of those other teams that, you know, are in those late, um, you know, towards 10 or in the late early teens where they can make that push up in following years. But um, I don't know, expanding it, you get more matchups, you get more games to bet on. So I'm not going to be opposed <laughs> to it, uh, but I don't know if that's necessarily going to make them, you know, more competitive games or bring in more viewers. So now that you live in Raleigh, have you um, uh, now, do you now follow a team or no? Uh, so the Gators, believe it or not, I, I'm a Florida Gators fan, um, which is very similar yeah. to you as well. I know. So we both got uh, you know the swamp and the Gators that I root for, but nothing where it's like you know I'm going to start rattling off their offensive linemen and what recruits <laughs> they have coming in next year. I can't tell you any of that. But if I got to pick a team in terms of college basketball, you're not allowed to pick anybody besides Duke. UNC or NC State. So I went with NC State because uh, I currently work on their campus as well. That's where my office is. Um, so, and plus, I'm an underdog. Islander. I'm a Jets. I'm a Mets fan. Give me the underdogs. We're going to have a year. I know it. So <laughs> I'm going to ride with the Wolf Pack on basketball. So, what's, I've heard this opinion a few times um, on like radio shows and, and stuff, um, especially up here in the Northeast, because I think people don't understand like the, the fandom of college football, like where you, where you live and, and the rest of the South. And, and I would say even out West a little bit more so than, than, yeah. than, um, than the East coast. But if you didn't go to a school, right. If like, like for us, like Florida, right. Florida's our, our, I'm using quotation marks, our team. Um, do you think, do you think it's fraudulent to be a fan of a school that you didn't go to? No, I don't think so at all. Uh, you know, I don't think you need to go to a school to be a fan of that college team, especially in our situation. Hofstra doesn't have a football team. <laughs> yeah, just not root for college football. I mean, we had Marcus Colston, Willie Colon, Wayne Turbett. We're producing stars. And next thing we know, the university makes a decision to invest in the medical school. What? <laughs> All right, great. Now we got some great doctors and nurses in the Northeast, which actually is probably coming in handy right now. Knock on wood. Thank you very much, first responders. But – I mean, we lost our tailgates. We lost our football program. So I think uh, – I don't think you need to go to a school to be a fan. I think there's a lot of other, you know, people who are in our position as well where 
we don't have a football program to root for for the schools we went to. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. I, I think maybe if you're, if you're from the Northeast, that's the case. But I guess, I don't know. Like, I always, I guess I always question, like, um, if, you're, if you're from the South, right, and your family all went to Georgia, right, but you went to some, you went to, like, High Point or something, you know, I'm just throwing uh-huh. out of school. And, like, you're a huge Georgia fan. I don't know. It's just, it, some, sometimes it rubs me the wrong way. And I'm like, <laughs> you, like, people who are, like, these huge fans, I'm like, you don't need, you didn't go there. Like, you have no connection to that school. I guess the family, family tie is one thing. But, like, if you're from the Northeast and you're, like, a huge, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Bama fan or Clemson yeah. or Georgia, yeah, yeah, or even worse if you're like even like a Virginia Tech fan or like some. You know, yeah. school, it's like why? Like because you like watch them on TV when you're like I don't know. Like I'm a Florida fan. I grew up a Florida fan, but I'm not going to pretend like that. I am this like huge fan who knows everything about Florida football. Right. I take the team, and to your point, like I because we don't have a team up here. Like I was like, oh, okay, my. My grandparents lived down there, and I'll just I'll just roll with the Gators, chomp chomp. But I don't know; it just rubs me the wrong way a little bit. Yeah, I think it's all you know, personal preference. You know, you made your Virginia Tech reference. Maybe somebody grew up watching Michael Vick, and you know, maybe yeah. they need to reprioritize uh, you know what they uh, enjoy. But besides that, um, you know, it's just really a matter of you know whatever. If it's a player, it's a team, it's whatever experience you've had, which makes you have that affiliation with the team. So I'm a little different than you. I don't really give a shit. Root for who you want to root for. Be a fan you want to be a fan of, but don't be hopping from team to team. That's when I got an issue with you. I've been doing this misery for 31 years. You tell me, oh, I grew up a Cowboys fan. You know, now I'm a Chiefs fan. Get the hell out of it. All right. Those are the people. Oh, Jesus. That pisses me off so much more than somebody, you know, who's up in New York and they're like, I'm a big Dima fan. Like, all right, well, congratulations. As long as you actually still root for them. All right. Speaking of the fan, and I think we'll, we'll wrap it up with this because um, I'm interested to get your uh, opinion on this because so yesterday I was, uh, I was driving in my car and, um, and uh, WFAN was on on my radio and I got, and yesterday, so Carton is back, as you know, on the fan, which I know you are a huge fan of Carton and, and so am I. I loved Boomer and Carton. Um, yep. I think the best, the best radio show ever, ever seen, I think it was Boomer and Carton. Yep. Um, and, and their two sons were on yesterday. Uh, not, not, sorry, Carton's son. And, actually, and Evan Roberts? No, and Chris Russo's son. Oh, um, very cool. Um, so they, they were on. They were on. They did two hours by themselves. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to the very beginning. But I, my more of my my question for you or or thoughts to you. Did you watch the Carton documentary? Yes, I did. Um, what was it called again? Ace or uh, it was on HBO yeah. Max. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dealer, or whatever. Yep, I watched that whole documentary. Uh, like you said, I love Craig Carton. Um, I'm one where I mean, the guy made one of the dumbest mistakes of all time. He got in way over his head. Got in too deep actually thought he could beat the casinos. I thought the best part of that documentary was the time when he went to his wife, when Boomer and Carton is at the peak of their success. And he said, I'm going to quit to become a professional gambler. Yeah. And I think that put it all in perspective too. So the fact that this guy actually thought he was that good at gambling, um, got in over his head, made a really stupid decision. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to just excuse it. Um, but I am a firm believer of this guy paid his dues. He lost the top radio show in New York. He went to prison, okay, for committing some money fraud. And now he's back out. He has a talent. Why should we prevent him from being able to then continue to pursue his success when he's paid his dues? He's lost it all. 
Yeah. And he is a talent that deserves it. And that's how I feel. He truly entertains every time he gets on the radio. And also, going back to this documentary, it's insane that this guy was at a blackjack table until four in the morning, took a helicopter to the studio, would nap in commercial breaks, second the light comes back on, he, you never would have noticed. And I think that's also extremely scary. Like Boomer said, you couldn't even pick up on this shit because he was still so good at his job. Um, yeah. Yeah, I know. It was very good. Yeah, no, I love the documentary. I love Carton. And when I heard he was coming back to the fan, I, you know, honestly, I was just super excited. I was a little, like, I would say I was a little shocked by it. Like, I, mm-hmm. but, but you're right. Like, he, I mean, listen, ratings talk at the end of the day. And he, you know, he's on from, you know, starting at two o'clock through drive time. Like, it makes sense for WFAN. They needed a, they clearly needed an afternoon show because they were struggling after Mike left or when Mike left the first time and then when he left the second time. Came back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, But they were, they were dying for an afternoon show. So why not go to the best? I I mean, I I could do, (laughs) I could do without Evan Roberts to be honest with you, but. Oh, um, don't be hating on my fellow ginger Mets and Jets fan. All right. I love good old Evan Roberts. You know, I just, I don't know if, so here's the thing when he came back and, and I heard that he was going to be with Evan Roberts, I was like, mm, I'm very interested to see how this works because you know, Carton, like he just, he bashes everyone and he still does that. So he hasn't stopped doing that, which is good. Cause that's, that's him. Right. Yep. Um, I just was very intrigued. It's, I think it's done, done well. Like I'm, I listen to the show a lot still. Um, but I'll tell you what, Giannotti in the morning is great. Do you still yeah. listen by the way? I do. So they're on MSG or not MSG. They're on um, CBS sports. So I get them right. down here on TV. So during the pandemic and everything, when nothing was on, I would, you know, watch them in the morning, listen to them. Gio is good. And I remember Gio from, he was really just a guy who would do impersonations all the time. I feel yeah. like I'm a fan early yeah. on. And it's well, amazing. He's an intern, and then he was a producer. Yeah. Right? Yep. What he's grown his career into is, uh, is really cool. Um, but no, I actually think they are pretty good. So it made sense that, you know, when Carton was available, everybody was like, oh, shit, it's going to be Boomer and Carton again. But, no, Boomer and Carton had some serious issues to still work through. Yes. Boomer was serious yeah. about everything. And, you know, they go into that about the documentary and understand that. Um, but I swear, I think it was perfect timing. Beningo was ready to retire. I liked the two of them together. And this is where, you know, the fan made the right decision. I, in my five years of being down here, I have went to Radio.com and listened to the fan maybe five times. And – when it was Carton's first day back, I made sure to yeah. at two o'clock and I listened to it. So that's where, you know, you can say, oh, it's wrong to put him back on. Ratings talk. He's great at his job. And he got somebody in North Carolina that was like, I need to listen to WFAN today. Um, and I listen here and there. I'm not a committed daily listener. There's no way in hell. But um, Carton has enough intrigue where I'm tuning in now. And entertained. I like the two of them. I don't think they're that bad at all. I see they yeah. get ripped apart online, but Twitter, that's all you're full of. You got a bunch of keyboard warriors who want to critique somebody for a position they can't have and they can't do. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'll, I'll say this too. You make a good point. Um, I, I listen, I don't listen to Boomer and Geo as much being home. I like when I drove to work every day, I listened to every day for an hour and a half on my commute to work. Um, but I, I started listening to Michael K show a lot because I couldn't, I couldn't deal with the fan in the afternoon anymore. And also the midday shows on the fan are, are, are tough. I don't, I just, the, 
listen, I think the fan is better than ESPN if we're going to have that conversation, but I think the, some of the midday stuff, I just, they haven't found that answer yet Yeah. But with Carton back, man. I mean, they only got to, they only got to kill four hours now from 10 to two <laughs> and um, because you have the number one show in the morning and, and then now I, I, I don't, I haven't seen the books since, since um, Carton got on, but I imagine he's, he's certainly creeping into Michael K's uh, number one rating. So anyways, I thought it was an interesting thing seeing his son on yesterday and obviously that documentary. I don't know. He's been, he's been back on what for a month now. Yeah. I would say about two months, maybe two they've months, done, uh, yeah. I think 40 episodes, something like that, if not a little less. So, so. Um, cause he says they're just finding their groove, but you know, it's, we're in a similar position, Frank. We yeah, are hitting our groove, getting, getting ready to go. And uh, I think Boomer or not Boomer, I think uh, Carton and Robert's got to watch out because uh, maybe we'll submit this to the fans. I think maybe yeah. they got a new uh, little midday show. Midday show, that's what I'm saying. We could do that four-hour carryover for them. Um, so they definitely got to watch their backs a little bit. But it is enjoyable uh, having them back on, listening yeah. to them. I miss Carton. I'm glad he's uh, he's doing well. He's gotten the help he needs. And, um, you know, it's a sad story of what he went through. Again, it's not an excuse for what he did later on in life. But at the same time, uh, I can't comment on it because I don't know. So I don't feel yeah. I'm in a position to sit here and judge him and say he doesn't deserve a second chance because I have no idea what that's like to go through. So I'm all about the second chance, and I think he's making the most of it, and it's been, uh, it's been fun having him back. Well, that consul- I'm giving you a second chance, Mike, after you blew me off yesterday <laughs> with the show. So that's how, we'll, that's how we'll wrap this up um, on episode two of <laughs> with Frank and Mike. Uh, thanks for listening. Go subscribe. Go follow us. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. Let's go.